Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, still at the tail end of this cold, so I've got a lozenge in and we're, we're seeing how it goes. But my co-host across the seas, they seek him here, they seek him there, those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven or is he in hell? That damned elusive Lukey Gledol. I don't do <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I was at tenterhooks and my face was uh, torting around in expectation for what you're going to do there, Rich. But I'm yeah. good. I felt a little bit like my face was a little bit like uh, Coy Gary Monk, <laughs> you know, just, oh, yeah. just going from different angles. A little, oh, oh. <laughs> Dropping a little Coy Gary Monk on us. Well, you know, it's, it's fun to sort of, uh, yeah, really butcher your name there to try and make the uh make a very poor pun work i think that's a that's the way to start it's really the only way we can start an episode following such a performance as we uh we enjoyed today mm-hmm. <laughs> um so full disclosure um i'm still out in the wilds where when it comes to um iptv so i was on a, a listening brief um Although it did broadly behave itself, the uh, the uh, the iFollow app today, so that was that was one thing. Uh, but you will you you're in a much better position than myself because I've seen highlights of the goals and not a lot else. But you were able to to take in the full um, full weight of that display. How how much do I envy you, Rich? <laughs> this is the flip side of the Middlesbrough game. Quite a bit, a little bit, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so mm. it was a team sheet that. To be honest, begins the game with some trepidation for for all Wednesday fans, I would imagine. Uh, a team yeah. without Barry Bannon um, is a, is a bit of a tough pill to swallow. It is, and I, I guess it's really interesting to think about how um, we moved away from the four four two, which seemed to be a little bit limiting. Yeah, uh, maybe we didn't really see the full brunt of the success of the four four two. I think it's pretty comfortable to say that. But then we go to four 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 three three, and then. I guess the only problem with looking at 433 is I love the shape. I was excited to see it return to 433. Just with the personnel we had, I mean, this is really the full gamut of our midfield, pretty much. At this yeah. Point. Since there was no Barry Bannon, Barry Bannon had a hip groin injury in training, and apparently Luongo's still not over his ankle, which is disappointing. So with two of our better performers in the midfield gone, we're now bringing in Kieran Lee and, and Joey Palopessi. Joey Pelopessi. To join Hutchinson, and I wondered how that would kind of work with, you know, we've we talked previously about, I think it's it's been changing under the Monk era, but previously that Barry Bannon-Hutch combination duo in midfield didn't previously work. So I, I was really wondering, would we have a similar thing with Pelopessi and Hutchinson? Yeah, so how did that dynamic sort of play out today then that's the weird thing i mean i'm glad we decided to go with more bodies in midfield to try and win that kind of midfield battle we're up against some good characters Mm. and they're a fairly middling side but i mean they do have some quality in dak and holtby in the middle in and through the middle of the park um it was it was okay i mean there was there was a bit of trying to play through the middle i think we just there was a lot we missed today i mean in one player it was pretty much barry bannon yeah but, I mean, you could probably, you almost say, I kind of weirdly look at this. If I look at a list of adjectives to describe this game, I could think of a lot of them kind of competitive, bit of bite, bit of drive. There's so many of them I just put an X next to. Because it's just, there's yeah. a lot we're missing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And particularly when Luongo's not there either, then that's a big chunk of creativity has disappeared. Yeah, and just pace and drive as well, because I just... Um, Kieran Lee's a very kind of slight, in his pomp has been a very kind of slight, very technical player, you know, very kind of light. He's a small gentleman. Um, I'm just feeling right now in the current state of Kieran Lee with a lack of kind of confidence, a lack of kind of bit more of a creative bite to his game, just looking very powder puff. And Pelopes yes, is someone yeah. who can be a little bit off the pace of things. Um, there was an interesting comment that someone was making. I think it might have been John Pearson and Rob O'Neill on the commentary today. I think it was them who was talking about the fact that, you know, Hutch- we saw Hutchinson go back to centre-back last week, mm. um, which they said, well, maybe that's a better thing because he doesn't feel the need to career around as much. Yes. And that's something we see a lot. So I just felt like from, from the personnel in the middle of the park, we had a lot of players who were out of sorts today. It, it's one of those 
you know, in some ways it's a um, it's an accusation or, or of some sort of inherent weakness to say, oh, we really missed Bannon. But there's very few teams, probably outside of the top, you know, four or five in the Premier League, who wouldn't miss who a player who is essentially their their absolute best player. Yeah. Um, we just simply, and particularly at championship level, we just simply don't have budgets to carry two or three Barry Bannons. That's just not how life works. No. So there will be irreplaceable players in amongst your your squad. And for us, Bannon is as a, as irreplaceable as it gets. I think Fletcher's very we, we you know we weigh heavy on his talents as well, uh, which was shown uh, during that that whole game earlier in the season when he's missing. We really lack what he brings to to a game, but Bannon much more so than Fletcher even. Uh, so we're yeah. relying on those backup players to do a lot more. As you say, Kieran Lee has in the past been a very a very creative player, and for someone who not particularly quick, he manages he's managed to look nippy back because he's one of those guys that's kind of like the first five yards are in your head sort of thing, and he was always. He was always able to think faster than those around him, which made made sure even if he couldn't move faster than them, he was he was moving quicker than them. If that makes sense. Yeah, but, and I think there's the interesting thing we've said a lot about Kieran Lee before is this. Um, you know, a lot of people have said this as well. It's not a, just a unique observation to ourselves. Um, this this radar and this telling Knack to just pop up in the box with the ball to just kind of ghost in in that kind of number ten role. Yeah. Um, it's just been incredible. But uh, yeah, I think that really speaks to the point you're making about how, you know, Kieran Lee is a player who kind of thinks that far ahead. But I guess if, if you're not having those telling moments where, because really I think that's how we kind of measured and boiled down our memories of Kieran Lee, a, a moment like that, where he gets himself into positions and, he you know, he has enough kind of finishing prowess to to get a goal or to make something happen. But I, I guess if we don't have that, which I feel we're seeing now, we're probably seeing a lot of previously Kieran Lee without that X factor, which is generally just a very anonymous player. Yeah, it has and maybe has a tendency to do that. I think even when he was playing his best, there were critics of of how much Lee did. But as you say, those telling moments, he was always able to to engineer mm. those and do really well in them. But at the moment, we've not had many of those uh, those big moments uh, for him to for him to sort of get into and. Uh, Show his show that prowess. So we're asking a lot of him in that three because Pelu Pessi really not a creative guy at all. Much more of a, a workhorse no. of midfielder. Yeah. Um, although bizarrely, I believe Pelu Pessi was on corners for at least the first half. <laughs> do you want to? Um, do you do you want me to get to? We can schedule a time within the show, Rich, where we can do Luke's. Uh, Joey Pelopesi corner reviews section. Oh, we, okay. When when are we talking? Do you want to set an alarm for that? Somewhere, you know, ten minutes time. <laughs> I'll set the alarm for that for ten minutes time. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I look forward to that. Um, Hodge is someone who, sort of, in terms of creativity, he has good games and he has. Not so good games. Yeah, I mean, I is not someone you'd really put the uh, you'd really bet the farm on being fantastic creativity in a creative creative sense. Mm. Um, what was what was the game we talked about recently? Was it? I think there was one game where I think Hodgson was just fantastic. He was just bursting forward and just had like a bit of everything to his play. But that felt like a real rarity. It may well have been the Leeds game or the or the Stoke game. There was one of them that you were you were particularly impressed with his uh, his I was. I was uh, creaming my jeans. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but it's not someone he'd ever think is creative. So we're now asking him. He took a few free kicks. He took a corner. Um, following spoiler alert, Joey Pelopesi being taken off corners in the second half, and um, it, it was okay. But it's just, yeah, we we miss a lot from from Bannon being out for that kind of outlet. And I wondered if whether actually a few times we looked in the first half, you know, our most kind of dangerous and most sort to do something was a couple of set pieces. So again, yeah, we're just hugely missing Bannon. I think the other thing with Bannon is uh, and the performance. Uh, we don't know when Bannon got injured in the week because we sort of talked about 
Monk really seems to be someone who prepares special game plans for oppositions. You don't feel like you're getting an identical performance every week out of the team. That you know there are things we work on every every match. But if so, if Bannon's been injured all week, that's that's one thing. If Bannon got injured late in the day, that might expe- explain why it was pretty disjointed. A bit like the the sort of defensive thing with uh, with with Borna dropping out, or, or in particular um, when Tom Lee's dropped out, and it, we ended up with Iorfa playing centre back on very short notice. Um, that gave everyone kittens, but then since he's been able to train and in that position and uh, and grow that partnership, that's looked a lot better over time. Yeah, we have a lot a lot different circumstances around Big Dom at centre back now. Mm. So I, I do wonder whether with Bannon, if it's something that happened late on in the week, that would that might explain its being an even bigger impact on mm. on how things look today i guess we have the interesting things i mean we've had a couple of injuries in the warm-ups and the people who come in in those positions dawson came in and did pretty well considering mm. and then you know hutchinson was was great at center back in the last game in the game against leeds it really um, was. so i guess in certain senses and certain roles we can afford to have you know we have a strong squad and certain areas we can deputize for but I think, as you said, we don't have, we're not quite Manchester City where De Bruyne goes out and they still have, you know, a wealth of players in the closet who can kind of step forward and provide, you know, not too embarrassing coverage. But for Bannon, yeah, we really don't have anything in terms of flair creativity in the middle of the park. You know, interestingly that we've used up all our centre mids within this formation, within the squad. We have about five centre mid options. Yeah. Two which are injured. We start with all for the remaining three. And Alex Hunt, the um, the promising youngster, gets to come on the bench because we literally have no one else. And I, I feel very much in this kind of Gary Monk side. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's a history of Gary Monk, but maybe not giving as much chance to youth as maybe some other managers do. Um, though we haven't seen much of that overall, apart from just under the Yoss era. No, it would have been. It feels like it would have been a big ass to drop Hunt in. I, I, I also I'm I'm taken back to because one of uh, speaking of 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 uh, the aforema- aforementioned mustachioed Yos, um, one of his solutions when we had periods without Barry Bannon was to drop Reach into the middle, and in fact. I think we've played centre midfield a lot under under Yos, uh, providing legs and uh, and a bit of creativity from that position. Although it certainly yeah. didn't feel and like I, his best position. No, well, that's the thing. I mean, and technically on paper, and especially for the capabilities of Adam Reach, it isn't his best position. But um, I quite liked him in that role. Jordan, he was well. He was definitely the shining. He was definitely the shining light in some very very dark times. Mm during that Yoss season. And he was good from centre mid. And I, especially with that industry and kind of drive running forward, um, we relied very heavily on Ridge. And I think he did pretty well in that in that aspect. Yeah, I'm just wondering now if that talk when Monk first came in was, oh no, we see, we've spoken to Adam Reach. He sees himself as a, as a winger. We want to play players in the position they feel they're best in. There was, you know, it was a, it was a feature of discussion before. Mm. Uh, I think even before a ball was kicked. Uh, but I wonder in this situation whether how far off we are from giving Reach a try. I know Murphy's not covered himself in in glory particularly, but we do have a ready-made right winger in in Murphy. He he grabbed himself a goal today, so in some ways it would be the time to give him that chance. Uh, and then. I wonder if Reach is the answer in terms of a bit of creativity in the midfield. I'd certainly prefer Reach in there over over Pelupesi when we're at home. Yeah. I, I can understand playing two more defence-minded midfielders away from home, although against Blackburn, uh, I don't know, because... I mean, we're we're very much playing 2020 hindsight games. But, exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. The different ways to kind of lock and ball this down. I mean, that, that's interesting you say that. I mean, that's another option, you know. I'm just... You, I'm, I'm, yeah, sorry, Maybe you go two defensive mids, you go Joey P and Hutch kind of between them, kind of shoring that up, and then you look for someone further forward, and that could be Reach. And then who do you bring in the wings? Someone like Forestieri or maybe even Murphy? We've got more options there, I think, at the moment, more fit options. We do, anyway. we do. yeah. I'm just looking ahead to, you know, if we go to this, is the if that's the Swansea game, if we're still in the same position. Um, obviously, then we've got the international break. So hopefully that gives the time to uh, to get a few more fit players back on, in, in the midst. Mm. But, 
yeah, if we're in the same situation, would we go with this three again, or is there is there room to mix it up a bit? Uh, and uh, yeah, just I just wonder. It's one of those things where you sort of make these statements on arrival into a club, and the fact he's now said that you know Monk has now said, oh, I see I offer as as a centre back now. That sort of changes things. It's a, it's a it's a it's quite a declarative statement. So then it's how much ego do you have to go back on the things you've said if uh, if circumstances don't don't allow you to stick with that principle you've you've set in motion. Certainly, well, um, one I'm sure everybody would definitely say they everybody wants an adaptive squad and adaptive mm. players. We want a plan B. We want a plan C. We want a plan D, etc., etc. We want players who can cover. And offer their qualities in different roles completely. It's interesting that we say that, you know, you say, you know, Monk has said, we, you know, Reach sees himself as a winger, I see him as a winger. But yet, I don't think we've seen as much of the quality as we kind of hoped from Adam Reach on the wing. Yes, I think a bit like we were talking with Kieran Lee, I think there's been just enough output to shield him from most questions you know there's been enough assists there's been a goal but ideally it would be nice to be seeing a lot a lot more from him and and I think we're used to seeing a bit more from him as well so I'm just looking so I, I, obviously I'm I'm the kind of um the idiot in the room here in terms of the actual the actual match so I'm looking at the stats we had 17 shots to their 15 we had less on target um, we had loads of corners. I think we had nine or ten corners. So part of me looking at the statistics is how did how did we end up losing this game? It's an interesting. I, the first half was interesting. We seemed to kind of stroke it around. Um, you know, the, there wasn't really much penetration in the final third. We came against Blackburn, who seemingly had a fairly decent kind of shape. I didn't really feel any kind of great threat from Blackburn in the first half. Yeah. Um, there was a good stop from Westwood, which was kind of a header. I don't know if you saw that on the highlights package. Or I did, that yes. Yeah, so a couple of good saves from Westwood. Um, yeah, but we never really looked to kind of even having a one chance of that. Um, we didn't really have much ourselves. They just need to be lacking a bit of creativity, a bit of flair, just a bit of determination as well. There wasn't really much kind of grit. Um, Were we shooting from too far away or was it good goalkeeping or just... Bit of, bit didn't of really carve any decent chances of which to get them on target, I'll be honest. Okay. There was only one chance I can really kind of bring to mind, which was a long kind of free quick from about 30 yards, which was kind of crossed over, bowled kind of on, or came on to Iortha running in, and Iortha kind of headed it back in, back into the kind of mixer, and it was cleared away, and that was probably the most kind of promising we had, which was just weird. I think Hutchinson took that free kick. Okay. Just yeah, there wasn't really a great deal. No quality in those big moments really. No, there was one bit actually where there's a good bit of playing in around the back and then but it wasn't really a coming to anything. <laughs> and the, the actual difference to this was uh Borna playing it forward. I think okay. it was on the fifteen minute mark actually. So we did some great work, we played it around and then Borna it came back to Borna and Borna's like, Right, take a couple of steps and then just strokes it forward and then from there there's a couple of plays off that fed in Harris. Harris kind of took it in and kind of did like a cross cross shot that was tipped over on the 15-minute mark. And that was probably one of the better better bits, apart from that just at the half-hour mark. Like I said, I offer attacking a free kick. It wasn't really much. There was just very little penetration in the final third. Um, decent shape to us. Okay. Not really much coming from Blackburn, but it was just a fairly average game of football. I said it was a, cl- a classic wet weekend in Lancashire. <laughs> some very limp and damp action I said at least the grass looks like some football computer game white dream um, <laughs> nice green lush grass from a bunch of rain but a bit slippy and just a bit yeah it, it just it was very very kind of uninspiring but not even in a didn't really wasn't even kind of like that game at home to Stoke where we had like you know wasn't inspiring but we we got a bit direct and we got it forward and we caused some issues yeah interesting and yeah. while i'm at it while we're talking about the first half we have gone a little past the deadline yeah, but sorry. as promised here is my uh, joey pelopesi corner review so first up joey pelopesi was the first but i was wondering who would be taking actually made notes that set pieces were banned out is it joey p it's joey p and also then hutch in question marks because i mm. can't quite believe there were the people over them i don't know why someone like reach 
didn't go over. Anyway, the first Joey, Joey Pelopesta corner, I was like, it was not bad. It was a half-decent cross. It was called out. The second one, we then kind of entered a phase of like a degenerative cancer. And um, the second one was bad. The third one was poor. And the fourth one, John Pearson remarks, says possibly the worst corner I've ever seen. <laughs> um, he seemed to just absolutely stroke it out of play from being in play. Um, it, it may have spent about two meters in play before it exited. You know, that would probably be generous. It was pretty staggeringly, real staggering misstrike from that fourth corner. Yeah. And just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, and I'm he had staggered. so many chances at it. We had 13 corners and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine corners in the first half. Yeah. Maybe there's some even more Joey Palapesi ones I've just stricken from memory. Oh, but definitely that goodness. last one was pretty, pretty poor. Um, but if you told me, like, oh, we'll have nine corners in that first half, I'd be like, oh, right, we're all over them then. I know. It's, and that, that's the thing. Every- you think that would be a great advantage to, you know, it's it's different mentalities and different periods of football. I remember talking to my dad, and my dad would say, you know, Luke, when, you know, when I was young, we used to have a chant, which was a, a corner. A corner is a goal. Yeah. And and that's just the kind of mentality. But it's just it, it never looked like doing anything. I can't even remember there was I mean there was there was that first one I mentioned from Palapassi that was quite good. It was not bad. Um, but a lot of them didn't really beat the first man. One he absolutely kind of skied it over everybody. And Fletcher had a real task on trying to kind of run and chase it down. So just yeah, we and th- and that was it. We you know we had a few chances and we managed to force them into a few corners. So it makes you think that we're going to do some promising and damaging attack work. But yeah. it just never looked that way. All these um, you know the hands on the head, all the arms up, all the, the signals. I I don't know what they were achieving. I thought it was really promising when like Bannon was saying that like. I think he was interviewed and said, you know, you can figure out what they are. Or maybe it was Hutchinson, the co-commentary. You can figure out what they are, but we were just told to just have so much conviction. And if we just do it right, and if we just have more conviction than the opponents, then, you know, we'll we'll come out the better. Mm, well, so there you go. So not much, a bit of a um, a nothing burger first half. Despite It's funny, we got to the 45th minute. I don't know how much stoppage time we had. Uh, Blackburn got a corner. And I can't remember if they even took it even from my footage because it, it they were replaying, I think, the previous chance. Okay. And then we got to the 40 seconds in and then the referee blows for half time. I don't think we even saw the corner. And I kind of made a note, which is basically even the ref is bored as he decides there's no point to the corner and blows for half time. <laughs> it, was just, it was just very, very underwhelming first half of football. Yeah. Very much a way to a Lancashire team kind of first half of football, really. Oh, well. So... So that that finished. The second half seemed to have even less content than the first. The second half was interesting because I mean that you know as me and you were texting and you said you know would you do a halftime substitution? I said I don't think it's that bad. I just think there just needs to be. I think we just need to redefine something, some things like some basics. You know, okay. it's definitely a halftime talk. It's not maybe a rocket, but it's. It's, you know, I think if I was in Gary Monk's position, I would, you know, maybe this is probably why he's a football manager. I'm not a football manager. I would kind of just ask the players, what did you think of it? Because mm. it was just, everything was just lacking some conviction. Everything was lacking a bit of drive, a bit of umph, a bit of commitment, a bit of flair, a bit of creativity. Everything, uh, my, if I could pick a title for this uh, episode already, Rich, if you don't mind, <laughs> my nomination would be a half-hearted roller coaster. Right, Okay. Very non-committal kind of little bit of ups and down. Uh, yeah, it's a sh- it's a shame. Um, so that so then we got to the period of some subs being made. Yeah, because uh, I mean, going on to the second half, I was like thinking, oh, I imagine we're going to see some momentum, but the momentum really came from Blackburn. They seem to be the team wanting to come out and wanting to do some damage. Okay. Uh, they had the momentum. They seemed to have the bit by the teeth, and we just didn't seem to get to grips with it, and it felt like. It felt at that point like there was only going to be one team that was winning it. There was probably like a space of about 15 minutes where Blackburn looked fairly dominant in the game. Okay. In a, a game that they probably slightly edged overall, probably so far up to the first half. Yeah. But at that point, it looked like if there was a team that was going to win it, it was going to be Blackburn. Which is why it was just such a kind of weird, this half-hearted ups and down roller coaster that kind of happened was that, um, you know, Forestieri came on, which I thought was a good decision. And then I, I enjoyed the substitutions today. I thought the substitutions were good. Okay, yeah. I think they all made sense. 
Yeah. And I wasn't you know, sure about Atty for Harris, but then Yeah, yeah I, I think like there's been a lot of um, maybe a bit of conservation of Harris, even though he's a player who could um you know, he can run for the full ninety and he can have an, an impact. And it was funny because just before he was taken off, um, he had a great shot about the 75th minute mark where he had it on the wing. He kind of cut it. I don't know if you saw that. And he kind of curved one towards a corner, um, palmed away by Walton. I didn't see that one, but I, I, I heard that was the one that, that sort of stood out in the commentary that he'd had a good effort. But it sounded like Harris was was one of the few bright sparks in a pretty dowdy performance overall and it looks like one of those games i mean again i'm i'm going off stats and bits and pieces but it looks like blackburn were essentially kind of having to triple up and mark on here uh, to mark him and most of our attacks went down his side so it was just a bit strange to see him be the one that goes off but we were at that stage where you want to change things you want to try and uh, mm try and make things happen and five minutes after Atty came on we did make something happen Atty didn't seem to be particularly directly involved but the the goal came bit of work from Kieran Lee and and Morgan Fox on the left hand side a deflected <sighs> cross just absolute madness yeah Fox works under the Clark cross was deflected you know had a bit of bounce Fletch gets a bit on it clips it against the bar and then it just seemingly drifts across perfectly for for Murphy who was there to nod in and there was just this whole kind of level of apprehension with the goal of, is well, it going to be offside? Is something else happened? It felt like a goal that shouldn't have stood just in the feeling of it, you know, but no, he was, uh, Murphy was played in, played on and, and there you go. And I just kind of wrote at the time, it was just robbery. It was criminal. <laughs> it was just, yeah, okay, robbery. All right. it was on camera. We all saw it. This was yeah. us peeking ahead. And suddenly from that, complexion this was like the 82nd 83rd minute we scored yeah it looked like we were going to see it out and somehow seemingly nick a 1-0 victory from a game that we probably should have drawn or maybe lost it was it definitely that phase of the match where you were it felt like the game was meandering towards a a nil nil uh the the goal came as a complete surprise it's interesting you uh you saying that Blackburn was sort of running it, that didn't come across on the commentary at all, really. That it that it was a kind of robbery. But I suppose the Wednesday commentary on iFollow does tend to be pretty partisan, so it does show you the dangers of of just listening to uh, essentially a couple of cheerleaders uh, <laughs> instead of actually seeing what what goes on with your own eyes. Uh, but but they made an, a final change. They brought on John Buckley for Stuart Downing, who is. Uh, Still plying his trade at championship level. And very nearly did it with Sheffield Wednesday as well. As uh, Bruce said, he was a player he looked at getting in the in the summer. Yeah, I was sort of glad we didn't do that. But I was pretty happy we didn't get him. Though you I, you wonder in a game like this whether he's going to show a bit of quality that makes you think, eh, you know, maybe Yeah. Maybe we should, but I, I think maybe he's more kind of sorted at a team like Blackburn. Maybe it just feels a bit more suited to him. And I suppose yeah. Mowbray will have worked with him for years at yeah yeah probably too yeah anyway busy mates so one a, a bit of a, a theme of this season <laughs> i don't know whether it's a theme of every season uh but but you know analyze going through these going back over these matches and sort of doing a bit of analysis looking at what the folks at you know the, who produce football stats put together something that comes up every game at the moment for sheffield wednesday is we give away too many fouls in bad areas. Mm. Silly fouls in bad areas again and again and again. And it was another fat feature today. It's another thing that's noted on, you know, a, a knock against our, the team today. And it was a set piece that produced the equaliser for Blackburn. So mm. the deep cross that was then headed. It was a looped header, but it kind of landed in the middle of the goal. I'm not a goalkeeping expert, but I I just don't think you should be getting lobbed on your line as a goalkeeper. Am I being interested? I, I don't know. I didn't really see it that way. I, I felt that it was kind of looped. It, it wasn't quite of like looped into the corner. Um, I think it probably crossed the goal line. You know, if you had a, um, you know, the kind of Hawkeye sort of uh, goal line technology that they have in the Premier League. It it probably crossed the line at about head height in the middle of the goal. That's that would be my guess. Right on the highlights. So do you think it was basically poor positioning from Westwood? He looked like he was at sixes and sevens, and then I just don't. It's one of those things. I just remember. I remember Brad Jones getting lobbed on his line. I remember Gallagher 
if that was his name, the guy we had on loan from Norwich getting lobbed on his line. It was never a sign of a good goalkeeper, put it that way. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I wondered if we, it was an interesting kind of goal to concede. Like, was it, was it quality? Was it, I think we were just out fought by. Mm. And definitely a kind of lapse in concentration. Where the lapse comes from is probably a communal thing. You know, it's not just Westwood. It is a few of the centre-backs. Of course, yeah, because it, it looked like a free header. Yeah, and, so you know, for a tall player with great kind of acrobatics, it was it was very good for his perspective. Um, so it, you can't really fault anything there. It just looked a bit basic, really. It did, yeah. Big, raking, deep ball and a, a lofty... It wasn't a good... I think whatever, whatever we think... Um, we we wouldn't call it a great header. Whatever we, you know, whatever yeah. we think of, of how yeah. the goalkeeper dealt with it, we wouldn't. We're not sat here going that was a brilliant header, an unsavable bullet of a header. It, it was it was pretty lofty, loopy, and it, and it went in. Um, so we go from tamely, you know, kind of meekly going to uh to to a, to a, to a draw. Uh, go, the enthusiasm of going a goal ahead and then the sink of letting in a late equalizer and worse than that we we then let we let, let in a winner which just looked all kinds of problems and failed clear botched clearances and not closing things down is it fair to say that we we were we're sort of the uh we were the architects of our own downfall in terms of the goals we conceded i definitely think so and i i guess it's an interesting thing that uh it's funny you said you know you've raised a good question about westwood um prior to that i thought he did very well mm. and kind of kept us in a position where so much of the narrative just keeps obviously gets getting redefined in a football game and the retrospective but in my notes i'm like i feel that he's kept he kept us in that game for as long as he did effectively today he did produce a couple of well from the the the, the, that, the highlights do show that he produced a couple yeah, of saves. yeah exactly exactly um but yeah it was poor especially for the fact that we had such great shape and we have had such great shape previously Mm. And then it's just been such a lapse of concentration. And it was one of the standout players, but Berner was getting praise from all circles, really, in terms of how well he'd been playing t- today. And as you said, he'd, he'd even sort of stepped forward and, and had a, had a bit of an impact bringing the team into into those attacking areas as well. But um, a completely <laughs> unlike him buff clearance uh, was 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 the catalyst for for their their getting an equalizer and it was the the last substitution that they made it was John John Buckley who got the goal despite um via a nice big deflection from from Hutch that was a pretty hearty deflection to get them the get them the goal wasn't it it was you know and, and then the hilarity that did you see the chance right the death in your highlight package from I did Forestieri so, shots yeah, which again was heavily deflected onto the onto the heavily post. deflected onto the post onto the foot of the post, and then Hutch with the follow up that maybe he should have done a bit better with. Yeah, I I didn't even know. Look, at, so I'm reading from the commentary, just kind of looking back over things from BBC's analysis. They said it was superbly saved. I think oh. it was so superbly saved, and I, I thought Hutch just put it wide. I'll be honest. I it thought was... that too, or, or like he kind of hedged his bets and crossed rather than shot with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't remember noting a save in the middle of there. And that was, and that was that game of football. Yeah. So. <laughs> Added to the history books, but not the memory banks. <laughs> it's the nature of the championship in a way is these sort of tough games are the bread and butter of the, the league. And for every sort of salve to your, your sort of footballing soul and conscience that, that, that I get a performance like the Leeds game provides, you're going to get some disheartening knocks like this one. But how do we feel, how do we feel sort of going into the next game with Swansea on the back of, of that performance? This is the second game we've lost. On the yeah. Bank. You know, and the other one was just a blip, a kind of midweek blip away against Hull, where we looked like we should have got something. Yeah. This is the first game we've played poor and we deserve to lose. So this is a marked this is a marked change from the levels of performance and the games we've seen previously. And I really hope it's a rarity. And don't well don't we all? But um Yes. It it just uh it's not something that I would have expected so far. You know, times have been good under Gary Monk so far, and 
we've looked good. You know, we, even when we're even when we played bad, we've got good results, have done well. So you really, think, really hope it's a blip. Yeah, I think that base level of performance has been not bad at all uh, under Monk. I do, as I say, I do, I do wonder. It, this is one story. If Bannon turned up on Monday with an injury and we still turned in a pretty disjointed and 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 maybe not a thoroughly thought through type of performance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's another thing entirely if actually they've been training all week with Bannon in the middle and Thursday he goes, actually, do you know what? I can't, you know, I'm, I'm feeling my groin. I can't, I shouldn't. And, and the physio says we shouldn't risk him. That's a different matter entirely, isn't it? And I think going into next week, it will be a big question of are, are those two out uh, for 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 the foreseeable, and therefore, do we need to look at look again at a bigger change in the midfield? Because I think, by and large, you don't want to make huge changes, particularly if you've done well in the previous game. So I do understand keeping broadly the same eleven, but just making the necessary one change. Uh, but I'd be I'd be quite worried if that's the midfield that steps in against a high flying Swansea team in a week's time. Well, it also makes you think that. Was there much point in trying to win that kind of midfield battle today? Should we have gone with a 4-4-2 again? I was wondering about that. I was wondering about whether we should have seen that again and just gone more direct again. Yeah. Well, as I say, it's we'll never know when when the news, you know, when the news was official that the Bannon wasn't going to make today. But I can understand it. If this is a late you know, last couple, last day or two, you've trained a shape, you've trained a, uh, um, with a certain 11. You wouldn't want to suddenly make three or four changes because you've had to had to make one change. And that would probably produce something very disjointed looking. Mm. So I, I can understand that. But I, I, I hope that we look much more put together by the time we get to Swansea. And I'm sure we will. I think that I've, there's few things sort of certain in this world, but I think... Monk will want to go to Swansea and show, put on a good showing. Mm. So I'm sure, I'm sure he's already kind of been thinking about a plan for the Swansea game, uh, and we'll we'll make the best of what we've got. But today, just unfortunately, it's one of another run of injuries causing us issues. Uh, yeah, frustrating, a frustrating match. Do you want to go through sort of pick out particularly good performers from the match or? or Uh, maybe I'll just kind of ram through this I do want to kind of have a bit more of a kind of dialogue about a few of the players Okay. Uh, Westwood I I went for a 7.5 maybe that's a little bit generous going on near the end of the game Uh, for the large majority it kept him with three decent saves I think probably is the reason we didn't lose by a higher margin at least Okay. Uh, Palmer and Fox were both fine at the fullback berth I've given them 6.5s Iolfer and Byrne have gone for a 7 I thought they were both a little bit kind of underwhelming I I don't know I didn't quite see the Byrne 11 today Okay. Um, he was still quite good he was quite the level not quite the level of Byrne quality it was great to have him back. Um, I like the fact that near the end, both him and Nyorfa got forward. Um, I, I really like that pass that I mentioned. I think that was about the 15 or 30-minute 30, 30 mark where mm. Bernard just like... Uh, you've mentioned this before. Bernard just has a mentality sometimes just be like, screw this. Let's, gonna, just, yeah. let's just get on with this. You know, let's just get it forward. And, um, and he's not bad in playing the ball forward at no. all. It's, not, it's hard to think about, you know, Berner in comparison to Michael Hector a player who we pined after and longed for very deeply as Wednesday eyes. Yeah. Um, who has definitely has some fantastic playmaking in his locker. So not quite as cultured as that, but sometimes quite effective at that as well. There mm. is, he's a deceptive player as Julian Berner. Um, author, I think for most of it, he wasn't quite as commanding, but I don't think he needed to be. Um, there was a brilliant bit about the six, six minute mark, Rich, where he, uh, he basically was wrestling a player to kind of see a ball out and then kind of slipped with the challenge and then basically kind of careered this player into the hoardings. Oh. It was pretty fantastic. <laughs> That's, that was a big, but I really enjoyed it today. If there's, if there's one thing I can remember from this game, it one, probably thing, one thing I did notice on, on the highlights was I often seemed to be absent when they had their good chances. So there was the one where uh, Berner sort of blocked the cutback from Armstrong. Mm-hmm. 
borderline maybe with his hand, but um, thankfully the ref didn't give that. But it's one of those that you, you you have seen those given, and then and then Westwood had to sort of fill in with a with another great save. But but that was one where I offer didn't look like he was anywhere near the box. Was he sort of mainly wrestling with Gallagher? Mm. Is that was that kind of his? Was he I just think, yeah. the pitch? Yeah. Based? Yeah. Okay, I did wonder. It's just one of those. It's like there was two or three chances for them, and I don't think for any of them I offer was in the box. So it was just it was just interesting that that was the case because he wasn't involved in the second goal either. He didn't seem to be anywhere near the ball mm. or any of the men. Well, it was interesting. I think afterwards, Munger was saying that the plan was to be compact and then for the last fifteen minutes just just kind of open it up a bit, mm. which I I think is great. Um, yeah, didn't really work out, but uh, maybe that's kind of why we were a little bit kind of exposed. Maybe, yeah. Do you find it was interesting that, you know, Oyofa should really be up against uh, the the goal scorer Tosin Odebario? Well, yeah, I just I just wonder what... It doesn't look... That free kick really looks bad all round. Because mm. it's, it's on the heart. It's not even a dangerous area, really. It's kind of like on the halfway line. It's a real, just a lump into the box. But that was the interesting thing, was that, like, I think for most of the game, I think Blackburn also had a chance... That was that was very similar to you know I said you know you've got a 35 40 yard free kick out you kind of whip it in it evades everybody but it gets to the player who's attacking at the back which was the same for the IOL for chance and then they had a chance like that in the first half it was kind of weird mm. that um, such an innocuous free kick would probably give you one of the better chances in the first half and then still carried on for a, a goal for Blackburn in the second. Yeah, interesting. Um, for the midfields, uh, Joey P, I gave them a five. Oh. But it was bad. Uh, Lee, I went for a six. He had a few touches that were nice. A decent cross in the second half. I rescued a free kick. Okay. All his nice parts for the second half. Um, here's a question for you, Rich. Um, is he is he the Jacob Murphy of centre mids? Uh, a little bit. It's a little bit powder puff and lightweight, yet storing some hidden charm that sometimes ekes out. Yeah. He's not the same player as he was in his pomp. You know, I'm glad he's still here. I'm glad he's still having a footballing career. We've banked off a lot of um, a lot of history and a lot of time with Kieran Lee. Um, and yet I still think he deserves to be here and to be around the club. Um, I th- I th- it's a little I- bit. It's a little bit borrowed time, but I mean, I think the real definition of borrowed time at this football club is is Forestieri, mm. who I think is a player who, for his charm and his previous successes and being loved by and adored by the crowd, because there's no other player like him when he's when he's on fire. Yes. You know, he's living off that hugely borrowed time, and I'm incredibly critical of him as a football player. For Lee, less so. It's a similar deal, but I think it's less so than someone like it. Uh, I think that. Kieran Lee is your classic good, honest pro, isn't he? And I, uh, you could almost imagine that Kieran Lee took some persuading that he was worth a contract. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The other way around. So, yes, there's a lot more. He's a much more likable personality. Um, he also, I think he never lacks for effort. It's just... As you say, he can he can look a little soft, um, and that's won us lots of free kicks in the past. Mm. It's penalties, uh, but he's not he's not a sort of powerhouse. He's not um, you know he's not messy. He's not winding in between feet and things like that with, uh, in between tackles. But I think my this season unfortunately looks it looks like some of the big decisions maybe haven't gone our way and and potentially we've got a chance to correct some of those in in January and if we're in a similar position because I think that's that's the other thing after today's performances we're still right in that mix at the top of the table so we are I mean but it's a very it's it's not like it's it's not like we're further in the season and there's more points to find it's still very much early days Absolutely. You know, we've barely played. A, we're about. We've played about a third of a season, just yeah. below a third of a season. Um, and you know, a lot can change very quickly. So I mean, we're still there or thereabouts, which is good um, in terms of that top six, you know, outlook. But mm. I, I don't know how much longer it's, it's going to be for. And then you know, you wonder if you're being hard to beat. Um, largely, how long that's going to carry on for? We're, we're not a team that scores many goals. Fine. Um, but previously, we're not a team that previous today, you know, 
when was the last time we scored conceded two goals? It's it's been a it's been a while. Yeah, we are we are we're tough to score against, but we do find it tough to score. <laughs> Absolutely, very much. Very much. So. Uh, no, but I, I I think in terms of those big decisions, and I wrote this down a couple of weeks ago, but it's still kind of cu- coming around as as being as pivotal as it is. And I think giving Kieran Lee a contract is not a bad decision. And like you say, I think he's earned the chance to kind of be around the squad. But the way the squad is structured and now the fact that we're playing three in midfield means that Kieran Lee is a major squad member. That feels like a tricky decision, and I, maybe we didn't even make that decision consciously. But to have so the decision to rely on Kieran Lee as a big part of this squad is is a is a major decision that at the moment we're not seeing any benefits from. I would say. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously he was a body today, but as you say, didn't didn't do too much. Didn't have a big hand in a lot of the play. So he's there, but. The other the other decision is is to 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 commit to Westwood um, and not having a not kind of starting a journey with a new goalkeeper. Uh, we talk about Cameron Dawson's age sometimes. He's twenty four years old, which granted for a goalkeeper is not old, but his peers of a similar age are playing regular Premier League football and look good enough to for the task. Mm. So. To say, oh, he's 24 and he's probably got another 10 years of football, that's absolutely true. But I, what is not true is that play, people just get better and better. Uh, and, and I suspect, by and large, he is the player that he will end up at 24 years of old, yeah. 24 years of age. He's yeah. not going to come on leaps and bounds. So he, Cameron Dawson is never going to be Peter Cech. He's never going to be Kieran Westwood, to be quite frank. Mm. But... He's probably good enough to have a career at League One and League Two level, like Richard O'Donnell. Richard O'Donnell, yeah. Like Swan Jalal, and you know we've had those players come through the come through the club. Uh, Adamson was another one. So there's no shame in that. He'll be he'll have a good career. But we're we're in a position where I think effectively we've got a a guy that's clinging on to the last you know embers of his championship career in Westwood. Uh, I really hope we've got the resources to to not be relying on Kieran Westwood next season because that does really, really, really worry me. Um, mm. He won't get better. <laughs> uh, so, so we're seeing the, the 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 there's more slips than there's been before. He's always been an asset, Westwood, and I think he still is. Like today, he probably pr- pr- did more good things than bad, but. The flawless performances of three, four, five years ago when he was winning us games and points on his own, to me, feel like a, a an increasingly sort of distant memory. He's not that guy. He's he's uh, he's a long way from that guy now. Um, there's still good bits and he's still a very solid all-round goalkeeper. I think Kieran Westwood could probably play for low-level championship teams, but he's he, he's not what he was. And I think if we had those aspirations of top six, he's probably not. He's probably going to be a hindrance rather than a help in, in our in our aim to get there. And I think you could you can point to games where he's cost us points already, yeah. which you never used to be able to say about Kieran Westwood. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I just think those two big things, looking at the season as a whole, they're, they're ending up being big factors, at least at this stage. And if we are in that top eight, close enough to the top six by the time we get to January, maybe there's going to be a bit of resource for a, a few loans. Um, but like you, I, I sort of increasingly feel we might drift into that 10th to 15th kind of territory and that might be where we're where we're where we end up settling i'd like to be surprised wouldn't we all wouldn't we all? a lack of goals is is a real serious thing yeah which it makes you think if we're i mean if so seemingly nixon alan nixon said that uh his scoop was that monk is going to be given money for about free loan signings in january okay so i think the one we can all probably agree on which a lot of people said already, is a striker. Yes. Because suddenly we're looking very, very lightweight in that area. Well, we're top-heavy in terms of numbers. It's just none of them score. So then that's going to be asked a question, I don't know, how much longer do we have of Jordan Rhodes? Oh, until the very last second of his lovely big contract he signed. Yeah. So are we going to see him go? So that's the thing. And that's an interesting question with... um, you know, when I've mentioned Forestieri, I've mentioned Kieran Lee. So 
But we've paid a big premium for Forestieri to do not a great deal for, for long periods of time. Yeah. Through bans, through injuries, through lack of form, through red cards. Yeah. There's been a big weighty premium on one of our probably highest paid players at this point. Well, supposedly that was why he sort of went on strike, wasn't it? So he, he could match the top earners. So presumably him and Rhodes are on the same amount. Yeah. I Him, Rhodes, probably Fletcher. Mm. Um. Who I, I felt Forestieri had some nice touches today, but it's just it's not the level of output that you want from such a big contract. So we have him, we have Jordan Rhodes. Um, I'm not sure if we're overpaying for a squad striker like Sam Winnall. I don't know. Maybe that's probably about right. But really, we should really be having players of probably Sam Winnall's caliber or maybe young and more promising Yeah, in that position where we've got a couple of very overpaid players at the end of some bumper contracts that I can't see them ever getting ever getting elsewhere at this stage in their career. It would it would be nice to see Forestieri playing uh, either playing for a new contract with us or playing for yeah. opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. I, I think he'll be given the chances to show that. I just it's a long time since we've seen that Forestieri. I know there was there's been wonder goals. And hopefully we'll get a few of those. But during his first season with us, he was just so busy and dangerous. Yeah. But he was just as likely to make things for other players as he was anyone else. Whereas Mm. I think since that refusing to play against Norwich, he's played the game in an entirely selfish way. Um, So he manages to get goals still, but he's less interested in how the team does. If that, it's a bit torturous to kind of go 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 through it. But just the way he plays. So if he's got the technical ability that we all feel he has and know he has, when when he's sort of spreading the play, he'll often play the ball behind the player that he's playing it to, which means that they lose the chance to create to score a goal themselves, and they have to then look up and play it back to Forestieri. Mm. So he's playing the game with himself first and the team second in a way that's really unhelpful. Um, but that can work. The second, you know, that second season, he picked up a lot of goals. He wasn't as big of a contributor to the team, but he still picked up, I think he got nine goals himself, didn't he? That, that second season. Yeah. Maybe even more. So if we could get 10 goals out of Forestieri this season, that we would be looking at a much rosier situation. It's just what it costs in terms of performances overall <laughs> to get to give him the game time to do that. Yeah. It's a tricky position to be in and and we don't, you know, as time goes by, we have less of a stake in how Forestieri does because if he if he picks up between now and January, okay, maybe we get some money for him, sell him on. If it doesn't happen, then we've got a player that we're probably thinking we're not going to give a new contract to. So there's less need for us to keep giving him chances if he's not providing what we need him to provide because he's not an asset anymore come the 31st of January. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be intriguing. Yeah, I I'm I'm, in, I'm interested to see what's where we are with the squad at that point. I mean, maybe some more of these questions that we have will take better shape. Will we see some outputs? Will we see a glimpse of Kieran Lee returning <laughs> to the player that he we know he can we we once used to be? And the same question for Forestieri as well, because they've both spent a lot of time out injured in different regards. Um, they've probably both been as missing as each other. Yeah. You know, we've seen glimpses of I think in the beginning of the season, especially of like games against Barnsley. Me and you were were quite excited the fact that Kieran Lee looked like he was going to come back and be a player. A little bit of a glimpse of Kieran Lee that used to be, and it was really exciting. But that's kind of gone quiet. Um, It's felt a long time since Forestieri's goal against Norwich at the end of last season. Yep. (laughs) I've seen it a lot since then. I I saw it on Twitter the other day, Um, mainly Sky, I think Sky Sports Twitter, to say, oh, how about a screamer on Halloween? How about this one? And... um, (laughs) Yeah, they showed that. Serious. And then would we would we ever see a comeback from Sam Winnall? It looked like Sam Winnall was going to come back into contention. Had that really nice goal against Huddersfield. Um, It's been a little bit quiet for him since. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of of questions. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, because I remember us being quite bright on uh, Sam Winnall. Maybe you know having that position in the squad of being 
being that second or third option, but but really making the most of his his time there. And we talked about Atty having a uh, a Stanley Tucci esque kind of standout performance from a from a character actor. Um, and and Winall, it feels like Winall's got it in him to do that. But so is Forestieri, and I think Forestieri has earned the right to have a few chances at at being playing that role, providing that that to the squad what i can foresee though is by the end of maybe this month there's got to be a limited amount of time where you just stop you run out of those chances you stop getting those so winall had a few chances he he had a bright cameo towards the end of a game Mm. and then he gets given a start in the cup and doesn't do anything so he falls away sorry go on one of the things that kind of struck me today was it kind of felt like it'd be really exciting as, as looking thinking about alex hunt on the bench it was never the game for him to come on. But like, you know, if we had an injury in the warm-up, could you imagine imagine how exciting it would be to have like a young player or a player that's on the sidelines wanting to get in and wanting to do some do some good work today, coming on and being impressive and giving that that chance to shine. Like Yeah. I just wonder if we're getting to the point with the the new manager bounce is wearing off. You're hoping that the work they're still doing um seems to still be good. I like Gary Monk's ethos, I like the feel of him as a manager. And even though sometimes the product isn't, you know, isn't real eye can real eye candy, um, it's still it's it's still looking promising. So, but I, I felt like the new manager coming in would give a new lease of life to a few players. It seemed to things have just seemed to get a bit half-hearted. Everything was just limp today. Everything was just lacking conviction. It was a Jacob Murphy game in which Jacob Murphy scored. <laughs> Just lacked a bit of conviction. He was fine. Glad he scored. Um, you know what another analogy I want to make, Rich? Another analogy I want to make is um, this is a latter-day Girls Aloud single of a performance. Okay. Nobody wants to be there. No. No, no one wants to be there. No one wants to be on um, some wet, some wet, crisp green grass in Lancashire. You don't want to be outside the beloved um, county of Yorkshire. Uh, you definitely don't want to be at Ewood Park. None of the players want to be there. I didn't particularly want to watch it. Uh, yeah. And no one no one was really had any great conviction of what they wanted to do. It was, yeah. Wow. The oh. <laughs> sigh of the podcast. I can't remember where we got up to with uh, with your player ratings. Have you completed the set? Uh, no, the front three, that trident of Reach, Fletcher, and Harris. Six for Reach, not his game. Um, we covered this. I said I felt the need to ask, when is his game coming? Is something wrong there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fletcher was a 6.5. Wasn't the strongest Fletcher performance. He was fine. Um, didn't really get a chance to get and make any real damage in any positive areas, but he looked, he looked fine. Um, Harris was probably the best of the three. But I thought it was maybe damning faint praise. Uh, Lodgy are outlet and hope for something. I loved his shot at the 75-minute mark. And that was about it. And then Forestieri, 6.5. Had a few nice touches. New Year gave him a 6.5. Glad to see him come on. Um, Murphy, <laughs> I gave a 7. Here's my first comment on Murphy, Rich. Um, he was so rusty, he nearly got injured with his first touch. Oh, dear. He actually got challenged and looked like he was, looked like he was done at that point. Wow. He just went over on a really innocuous challenge. And you think, oh... Is, is he injured with his first bit of the game? When oh, he, comes he took a corner that was probably one of the better corners as well. And then, you know, he scored as well. So congratulations, Jacob Murphy. Um, I, don't think any, I don't think there's any man of the matches. I, I think it's just a shared burden of mediocrity. I think. Okay. Well, Sixes dear. and sevens. The anti-man of the match was uh, your friend of mine, Joey Pelopese. Yes. Anti-man of the negative man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear well okay well hopefully he truly we'll... is a magician he can turn a corner into a goal kick uh, very quickly ah <laughs> oh, i'm just envisioning his uh, post-football career as a quick change act in at blackpool <laughs> <laughs> oh there we go there we go so looking forward swansea next week they are second in the table and they've mm-hmm. won their last two games, including a, a derby with Cardiff. Their form outside of that doesn't look particularly wonderful, which kind of tells the story of, of this year in the championship. Because at some level, you know, we've been fairly middling and we're still right around that kind of top six conversation. Their last few games, they've had a, a draw with Reading, beat Charlton, lost to Stoke, amazingly, drew with Barnsley. 
another weird result. Lost to Brentford, and then they've they've picked things back up again and beat beaten Cardiff and Wigan. So another Championship team that kind of wins some games and loses other games almost at random. A bit like us. Games you expect them to lose, they win. Games you expect them to win, they lose. And uh, always prone to pull out a weird draw at any stage. Because the teams they've lo- they've struggled against there are some of the worst teams in the league. We beat mm. Reading, we beat Barnsley, we beat Stoke. So, uh, and we're very unlucky against Cardiff. We beat Wigan. So, it's, you know, comparing like for like, it feels like they've been on the run that we were on at earlier in the season of similar fixtures and we did much better than them from this, those same games so it could be an interesting could be an interesting tussle mm. I really don't know how to think about this game especially after today I thought that maybe we might kind of carry on that that kind of weird double header that we had where um, things went kind of slightly opposite last week with um, we thought maybe a draw against Stoke and then a win against Leeds because Leeds seemed to be the bigger game we thought that maybe we might have that that Wednesday thing of the past few seasons that we perform really well in the tough games, um, but the more easier ones we kind of struggle in. Yes. And today we've maybe taken a turn on that as well. Um, but I, after today, there really needs to be there needs to be a huge response from today from a very complacent performance today. Um, com- you know, a complacent performance with not a lot of conviction, flair, and creativity, and. Um, yeah, there needs to be a big response. I, I hope that it's coming. I, I just right now don't feel very confident about the situation. Do you, would you say it was a bit of an after the Lord Mayor's show sort of performance? Very much so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that really covers it. Mm. Well, there we go. Onwards and upwards. Um, Indeed. We live to fight another day. Um, all those things. Uh well, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the Swansea game. It's a. I lived in Swansea for a year, so um, they're a team I, I vaguely follow. But it's what the, when when you're in those situations, I always really, really want us to to to, to beat Swansea when we play them. Uh, so I can text folks from from back there and uh, and rub it in. So it's a little it's a little Richie Derby <laughs> for me, <laughs> and I'll. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I can send. I can send some slap it up, yeah, type tweets, uh, type type texts uh, this time next week. I hope so as well, Rich. I wouldn't do such a thing. I'm, I'm very classy. On, on and off pod. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. There's been some sighing. We've done some sighing, Luke. We've done There's some hopping and sighing. And uh, uh, I wonder what minute we're at for the the Luke sigh bingo. <laughs> Hoping to get that, uh, get the same level of notoriety around Sam Hutchinson picking up a yellow card. No, I'm just saying. I'm just wondering whether the the Luke Luke sighing bingo is like the Hutch bingo, guessing which minute you will have, you know, between the start of the podcast and your first sigh, or is it the 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 sort of if you add all the sighs together in an episode, how long that period of time is. Both are good. Um, both answers, good. On a, answers on a postcard, please. <laughs> I'm just remembering uh, Adam and Joe did a, a, a supercut of all the people exhaling loudly on the archers. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, <laughs> it sounded like the sort of film that you shouldn't watch in work. Um, Excellent. <laughs> But it was it added up to several minutes per episode, and uh, yeah, I just wonder with your with your size because I, I think you may have been off off the bat. I think you, it may have been less than a minute between the start of the pod and your first side today. Um, but wow. but collectively added together, my bet would be it's around five minutes of sighing. I don't know. You've uh, you've got some editing to do, haven't you, Rich? <laughs> just but just put all the sighs together. I'll take them out. It depends what's. Uh, maybe that would be a genuinely decent, a better episode if it, it's just uh, you know, it's just me just sighing for four, four or five minutes. That could be another episode title: One Giant Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that for some midweek review. I think that would be good. Yeah, save it, save it. Let's put keep that one in the bank. Right. Well, I'm going to say cheerio. I'm going to wish you all the best for your week, and uh, I, I'm I'm a little bit. I think in the contrary world of uh, of Sheffield Wednesday, I think we might put in a performance next week. I think I think we could be having a more cheery conversation uh, on the pod next week. That's my hope and my expect a, a low level expectation. 
We need to keep it Lord Mayor's show, don't we? Keep it Lord Mayor's show. 24-7, 365. <laughs> what day is it? It's Lord Mayor's show day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us here at Lord Mayor's show, FM. <laughs> more, Lord, more Lord Mayor's show than any other station. <laughs> There's going to be floats. Bet yo ass there's going to be floats. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's a lighter note to end things on, isn't it? When I say Lord, you say Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, well, good Lord Mayor's Day to you, Luke. And happy Lord Mayor's Day to you as well, sir. And Lord Mayor's Day to everybody. <laughs>